you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey guys, it's Roger. Welcome back. You know, everyone's talking about the labor shortage, but I'm just going to come out and say it. The help wanteds are dead. You heard me right. I said the help wanteds are dead. It's true. Unemployment is low. And sure, there's lots of businesses out there struggling to find staff. But like anything, creativity and resourcefulness rules. There's no need to put a sign in the window of your restaurant. And please don't pick up the newspaper looking for staff. In my book, that's really the wrong approach. I'm a huge believer in the power of building your dream team, and that's made up of A players only. Anything less, and these people are just there for the paycheck, am I right? I learned a long time ago that an untrained, uncaring staff can absolutely sabotage your customer's experience and your business. Don't let this happen in your restaurant. That's why I'm really excited about today's episode, because I'm talking to Mr. Mike DeRay, who's an expert recruiter. I didn't say hirer, I said recruiter, and there's a huge difference. Mike's going to share with us his secret sauce for finding A players, the best of the best. We're going to talk about the right way to find great staff, then develop them, motivate them, and get out of their way. How powerful is that? If you like this podcast, please do us a favor and give us a review on iTunes. It'll help other operators and managers find us. And if you're looking for actionable and easy-to-execute tools to improve your restaurant business, check out RestaurantRockstars.com. We can really help you increase sales, turn your customers into raving fans, and maximize your profit. Now, on to the episode. Hey, welcome back, Rockstars. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, engaging topics to help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. Really excited for this episode. You know, one of the biggest challenges out there in this hospitality space is labor, labor shortages, how to find great people. So I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Mike Duray. He is from a company called Dine-In Recruiting. He is the director of recruiting. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you today? Awesome, Roger. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's great to be with you. I love the podcast, so this is exciting. Well, thanks for the kind words. You know, we cover a variety of topics here, service-related topics and finance topics, marketing topics. Labor shortages is top of mind right now with lots of operators, as I mentioned. You specialize in hotels and restaurants, both at the executive level as well as the line staff level. We'll get into all of that, but why don't you start by telling us, tell the audience your backstory, how you got into this business of hospitality. Absolutely. Well, I have been obsessed with attracting and competing for great talent for about 15 years. Uh, And quite simply, my philosophy is use the same approach to go after talent as you would to go after customers. Honestly, you know, go after talent with that type of aggressiveness. And I don't mean this in 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 a mean way. I always use these terms. I said, let's compete for talent. Let's get aggressive for talent. People go, whoa, 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 whoa. we don't need to get, we don't need to, aggra- we don't, we don't want to get aggressive. But it, it has, I mean, aggressive in terms of being excited and understanding that that talent out there is what's going to separate the great restaurants from the average restaurants. So you want to be 
uh, as excited and as dedicated to going after that talent as you would for customers. So that's my litmus test. Um, I, and, and, and honestly, Roger, you and I talked before, you know I've hired a ton of cooks. I, well, I worked for Hilton for a long, long time. Um, and I managed the recruitment for a ton of hotels and restaurants for Hilton. Um, and our biggest challenge was finding cooks. It didn't matter where it was, New York City, Phoenix, LA, you name it. The biggest challenge was finding cooks and kitchen staff. So, you know, sous chefs, kitchen managers, dishwashers. So I took it on myself. Uh, it was my pet project. So I personally hired cooks for restaurants all over the country. I probably hired 150 cooks recently. And I'm going to tell you right now, I will share. By the time this is over, I'm going to sh- I'm going to tell you some really cool tips on how to hire cooks. If you don't get anything out of this, you're going to know how to hire cooks. <laughs> yeah, you had mentioned uh, earlier in our conversation. I mean, I call it secret sauce because you got this whole secret sauce idea of how you succeeded in this business. And you were able to find people and you just dazzled uh, management at Hilton by your your success rate here. So we want to hear all about you know what you do and how you do it and what the keys are. So you know, take it away, Mike. Let's do it, man. Well, listen. First off, the help wanted sign is dead. We gotta bury that bad boy. Like I am on a mission to literally <laughs> create a, a headstone and says, "Here lies." the help wanted sign. <laughs> and by that, and a lot of people listening or, or watching today, they might be thinking, oh, I don't use the help wanted sign. Uh, I, I, I post my, my, uh, my, my job ads on, on Indeed. Well, is your, is your job ad a help wanted sign or is it really advertising? And it's real simple. I always use this lim- litmus test for myself and the recruiters that work for me. It, would this approach work for attracting a new customer? Yes or no? If it would, then it's going to attract talent. It'll attract somebody that wants to work at your hotel or your hotel or restaurant. If it won't, if it won't attract the customer, it's not going to attract the talent. So it's real simple. Um, and listen, there's no shame in competing for talent. A lot of a lot of restaurant owners and, and managers that I that I talk to, um, they feel as if, well, listen, Mike, they'll tell me they'll say, Mike, I want people that want to work for me. So I don't want to I, I don't want to beg somebody to come work for me. You know, they have, they have that, that, that kind of approach. Listen, it's, you are not begging people to work for you. You are just creating an environment where people are attracted to you. And then you can screen them and figure out who's going to be the best fit culturally, skill wise, all of those things. But you don't have that opportunity to evaluate talent unless you attract it first. So you have to be in a talent attraction mode before anything else. Um, and, and listen, I don't know. You, I don't, Roger, are you a college sports fan at all? Do you watch college football, basketball, anything like that? It's been a long, long time. I can no longer say that I do that. <laughs> well, listen, I'm from Ohio, so that's all we have. And you're in a, you, you, you're from a great part of the, of the country where you guys, you're out there hiking and beautiful. Things. Yeah, I'm into the outdoor active stuff. I don't yeah, really I don't spend a lot of time in front of the tube. <laughs> When, when I grew up, I'm in Arizona now, but in Ohio, mm-hmm. all we did was watch college football. In college sports, the good teams, they attract good players. And the way that they do that is they just they go out and they recruit those those players. And they're really creative and aggressive about bringing in, those, bringing in that talent. And let me tell you, Roger, the, the teams that get the good players, they win all the games. And it's the same thing with my restaurants that I, that I recruit for. Great analogy. Yeah, the, the restaurants that bring in the good talent, 
they're able to execute their vision. And I'm telling you, I, most of these restaurateurs, you guys are smart. You guys are visionaries. You've got great ideas. And you personally can execute it, but you can't do it all. You need to have a team to execute your vision. How, you're not going to have that team unless you're going out there and recruit for it. So. Great, great approach and advice. You know, we talked about the help wanted signs being dead. There's still lots of restaurant operators out there, the old school people putting ads in the local newspaper, all that kind of stuff. Sure, there's online advertising for jobs that are available. A lot of this stuff really isn't effective. But besides all that, where else do you see operators going wrong in their approach or in how they're, obviously they're not recruiting, but what are they doing besides the other stuff that's just leading to what we call the C-team? Well, when a lot of people, and, and this is not just restaurateurs, I want to pick on you guys. Um, it's 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 this is pervasive w with retail, hospitality. Yeah, any, any industry really. Any mm -hmm. industry where you're hiring, you, you know, hourly type people, um, and uh, where these 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 businesses they they get trapped into thinking about themselves first. They think, okay, I've got a cook position open. I've got a dishwasher position open. This is how my restaurant operates. This is what I'm looking for. That's great. You really want to understand what you need and you really need to understand the type of person that's going to get the job done for you. But in order to attract the, the type of candidate that you're looking for, the type of candidate that I'm looking for and Roger's looking for, you need to understand the candidate first. Because you can't speak to the candidate. You can't get that candidate excited if you don't know what, what moves the needle for that candidate. So I'm going to give you an example. We talked about cooks earlier. Let's say you need a cook, right? You may be thinking, all right, I need a cook. What's, 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 this isn't rocket science. I need a cook. I'm going to put an ad on Indeed. Cook wanted. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, there's 3,000 different types of cook jobs out there. There's every type of restaurant under the sun. You've got, even in those restaurants, you've got cooks doing 10 different things. What cooks want to know is first off, what's the job? What am I going to be doing? Describe the position. And this doesn't have to be a paragraph. I'm looking for a fine dining cook with about three years experience working uh, in this type of, uh, of environment. We offer X, Y, and Z. We, we have a, a, an executive chef that loves to mentor, loves to grow. There is no better place in this city to further your culinary career than right here. This is your schedule. On average, our cooks work this many hours and you're gonna, in your paycheck, get up on average this every two weeks. Call me at this number, send your resume to this address. That, that app right there, you run that app, you will, your cook recruiting will, will turn around in a second. Yeah, that's a 360-degree departure from a typical, you know, ad trying to get a cook, clearly. Yeah. I mean, it's giving you a lot more detail. It gives you an idea, maybe the culture of the place and what it's like to work there and what it's who you're going to report to and how they're going to treat you and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, you're giving someone meat now, and, and they, can, they can compare this one versus that one, and where are they going to go to, right? Yeah, and, and you know, the, the way that I describe it is in recruiting, recruiting is, is – uh, I've always thought it's a lot like dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's you're, you're matchmaking. Um, however, in recruiting, it's almost like a game of of you ever play that game with your kids, like who blinks first? You All stare, the time. Like stare contest. Yeah. Yes. It's like that, right? Okay. So, it, it, but what I mean by that is somebody's going to get screened. 
in this recruitment process, in this little dance that we've got. It's either going to be the restaurant manager or it's going to be the candidate. Somebody's going to say, I'm not interested first, right? Um, where you want to put yourself as the hire as the hiring person in that in this scenario is you always want to make the hiring decision. You don't ever want to get screened. You always want to do the screening. And the way that you do that is by always being compelling. And you can you do that in your advertising right up front, because if you if you run some ads um, on Indeed or, or, or whatever platform you're going to use, you don't want some really good cook to run across it on their on their break. They're in the back, right? Maybe they're having a cigarette. They're hanging out. They're looking for jobs. When they come across yours, you don't want that. If they if they look at it and it's got a bunch of stuff that doesn't appeal to them and they click off of it, you got screened. You didn't get a chance to evaluate that person. And then once you get them in the mix, if they apply to your job, you need to contact them right away. You have to have, to have a system where when these people apply, you are on them within 24 hours. Because if you're not, somebody else will be. And then once again, you didn't get a chance to evaluate that. And then once you get a hold of them, if you call them on the phone, be excited, be compelling. You are recruiting them. But at the same time, you're evaluating them. But you can do that in a way that keeps them hooked. Because you don't want to get them on the phone for a screen where they're like, eh, okay. And then you're like, hey, would you like to come in for an interview? Uh, yeah, sure. And then and they never show up, right? They never show up because you didn't hook them during the screen. You keep them hooked from start to when you are making the hiring decision. And if you do that, you then have evaluated a large pool of people and you'll make one really good hire. Some of the topics we're talking about right now are really brought to life on your website. So I had a chance to check out and you are really good at putting videos together. There's one that really just sort of, you know, hit me over the head like a ton of bricks that I would like everyone to see. And it really compares the hiring approach of two very high profile national chains that clearly one has their whole culture wrapped around their approach to finding new people. You know, whereas the other one goes back to the don't do this, you know, this is this approach is dead. So you got to check that out. I mean, it's it just illustrates the whole point so well. Yeah. yeah, And and listen, there are some companies that, um, you know, that are that are kind of the hip companies out there right now where people just assume, oh, well, everybody wants to work for them. It's easy for them. And then there are other companies, maybe companies that have been around for a while that maybe don't have that hip uh reputation and people think oh well nobody really wants to work for them that that's just an excuse it really is these companies that are that you think are hip and that everybody wants to work at they are on it in their recruiting they are they make it compelling for somebody to to uh, really consider their place of employment and the ones that don't recruit well they they it's it's not because it's not a cool place to work uh, Walmart, I just saw Walmart um, two days ago. They're going to pay for college for the people that work at Walmart. They've got a, a, a scholarship situation where if you work there, you can go to, I mean, like University of Florida. You can go to really good places. You're telling me that Walmart's not going to be the place to be here pretty soon? There's and a perk. advertise that. It's crazy. I yeah. mean, like, it's it, it just little things like that. And I know, like, a, a individual restaurateur, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to pay for people's college, but you can create a really cool working environment, do little things that don't cost much and then advertise that everywhere. Definitely. So this really digs deep into the topic of culture and brand building, because 
everything carry, well, let me back up a second. Really, you would agree that the staff is the foundation of your business, you know, and I had great success in training my entire staff to think of themselves as brands, their own unique personal brand within our larger restaurant brand. And everything was consistent about that brand and how we treated the customer and how we interacted with the customer, no matter who we are. We had open line kitchens, so clearly we had to put on a show and and the the presentation was all about dazzling the public. And all of this culture is part of the fun of working in an organization versus the average place that doesn't do anything unique or special or different. So I think that if you create this really strong culture, you know, I used to call it a culture of hospitality, family, and fun, where it was all about hospitality and pleasing the customer, but it was also about treating the staff like family. The staff treated the customers like family, and everybody, the staff and the customers were having fun. And that was a really powerful formula for me. And then that's how word got around that, hey, this is a really great place to work. And recruiting was the only way we did it. You know, we talked about the A's and the B's and the C's and all that kind of stuff. And the A players, every business, I don't care if it's a retail store, lumberyard, restaurant, whatever, hotel, everyone's got at least one, maybe hopefully more, what we call A players. And these are the, you wish you had 10 more. You could clone these people because they're great with your customers. They have product knowledge. They can sell. They're reliable. They're friendly. They're personable. All the great qualities of a good staff person. Okay, and then there are the B players that have most of those attributes. They just don't have a lot of experience. They need a little polish to be great. And then as we were talking the other day, the C team, every business out there has these C players that just show up for the paycheck and you got to get rid of them immediately because they bring down morale in the place. They're not there for the team. They're not there for the right reasons. They're probably giving terrible customer service experiences, you know, to your customer. So that's all part of that culture. So that whole culture, once you create it in your business, then transcends into your recruiting policy. And what you're talking about is advertising this culture as a better place to be, as a more fun place to be. And hopefully it's a lucrative place as well. But people are also looking for recognition and rewards too. Once you hire them, you got to train them, develop them. But the whole, you know, the whole approach is lost on a lot of operators, unfortunately. And that's where we go back to the stick a sign in the window and hope for the best. And then you're going to get somebody and you don't know what you're going to get until you get them. I mean, we've all been down that road. So I really like your philosophies. I think the recruiting approach is the only way to go. And I'd like to learn more about, you know, how you approach different positions for different client companies, whether it's a large chain or whether it's an independent operator. I mean, you really serve both. So... What's the process like when someone's interested in working with you? They need someone. Take us there. So what I do now more than anything else is we help um, restaurants and hotels find leaders. So anything Mm -hmm. from uh, a restaurant manager to an executive chef to even a sous chef or, um, you you know, any any leader within the hospitality world. That's what we go out and find right now. Um, And it's, you know, honestly, recruiting is recruiting. Uh, it's just finding those individuals. There are fewer of them. So companies will partner with us and we go out there and represent companies in the talent marketplace. Uh, and I use these same techniques to go find a GM um, that I would would a cook, except a little bit different. Obviously, we've got a big database and a big network of people that we, we that we will talk to. These are these are, you know, professionals. So it's, a, it's obviously a little bit of a different approach. But. Um, you know, but but the, kind of the, the 
the foundation of what we do is we really understand the opportunity. So we want to understand your restaurant, your hotel, your operation. We want to know what makes you tick. What makes then this opportunity tick? What are you really looking for? Are you looking for an executive chef that can create you a menu, be a visionary? You're looking for that type of star to come in there and just redo everything? Or do you have a menu that, that knocks it out of the park, that's, that's tried and true, and you need somebody to really be a people manager, to really be a, an ad, administrator type? Those are two different types of jobs, and they're going to appeal to two completely different types of individuals. Uh, your culture, too, your culture as a management group, um, how do you operate? We need to know that. We really need to understand your culture because then we can go out there and sell it. So yeah, a lot of a lot of restaurant groups, management groups, hospitality groups, they think they know what their reputation is out in the in the employment marketplace. They've got, but do they? You know what I mean? Is it accurate? Do you really know what the people out there think of you as either a restaurant or a management group? Uh, it helps to know that in a big big way, whether it's positive or negative. If it's negative. Then if you, you are, if you are using a recruiter, what we do is we're able to address it head on. Uh, I've, got, I've given the example. Let's say that you've got a reputation of maybe not being innovative, right? Let's say that's something that people say about you. Well, then maybe you, you take some measures to address that, and then you can give examples of why you are innovative now. Uh, these are the things that you're doing, and you're looking for talent to take it to the next level. If you want to be part of that, that you know, there, there are, and I don't care what the issue is, you can address it head on. Now, let's say you've got a really positive uh, reputation out there in the community. Well, then you want somebody that can advertise that, that can get that in front of people that maybe don't know you very well. You know what I mean? So either way, you want to know what people are saying about you so that you can address that. Uh, so we help we help people do that. Obviously, we get we get uh, uh, we're, we're experts at recruiting advertising we target advertise in ways that uh it's hard to do if you're an independent uh person because it's just this stuff took me years to learn it really did so um go ahead roger let me ask you a detailed question we were talking about an executive chef per se and that is a really critical position in most restaurants or no, no. you know in hotels right so how much screening necessarily would you do? You've got a database of these people that are available. How well do you get to know each individual candidate so that you can play matchmaker and put the two pieces together so that it's a perfect fit? Yeah, so you need to, you start out by really understanding the opportunity. And then you really need to understand the individual. What makes them tick? What are they really looking to do? Uh, where do they see themselves in five years? Like there are chefs that that have that want to do different things. They're not just you know one chef is not like the other. So you need to understand that person just as well as you're going to understand the opportunity. If you understand both of those sides, then you're able to put that together. Now look, everybody that works for me is a longtime hospitality recruiter. That takes a long time to to learn that so you can do it quickly. So I can talk to somebody. I don't need to talk to them for uh, six months to really understand what they're looking for in relation to different types of executive chef jobs. I can talk to somebody, really get an understanding of what type of role that they're looking for. A lot of times, Roger, you've got a chef that's, that is, that's got a dream job, right? Uh, he or she is looking for that one job. And maybe they're two steps below that. And so what we want to do is help that chef get to the, that step below the dream job. 
what do we need to get you in? What role do we need to get you in to get you that level of experience? So then the next step, you're rocking and rolling. You're in the job. So we help people get the job before the job a lot of times. Uh, and that's just as fun because that's exciting. But we help chefs understand that where you need to be uh, and then how you fit in with the type of job that we're working for, what, whatever restaurant that is. We help people understand this is where you need to be. You need to go in there, kill it for them for three years. And then we'll get you that big, big job because really you need that step. You need that step. So that, that's part of it, too. I'm working with a lot of new operators right now that are just starting their first restaurants uh, as a consultant. And I love doing this for a reason, but I'm really transparent with my audience. And many of them know that long, long time ago when I first got into this business, when I had no restaurant experience, I thought I needed a top flight chef, someone that was going to put out amazing food that dazzled the customer. I found that person. But I didn't realize at the time that I also needed someone that could really keep tight cost controls and really make sure that menu was super profitable, as well as managing a staff and really, you know, pull, putting the whole package together. So pretty soon I had, you know, my food costs went up to 50% and I had someone in the <laughs> yep. kitchen that was throwing pots and pans around and intimidating the wait staff. And that, that person just had to go. You know, yep. we had a little sit down. I called it a reset where I said, you know, I hired you with this expectation. You told me you could cost out a menu. You told me you could do this. And now the staff is intimidated. The culture and the morale is going downhill. This really needs to change. And it didn't change. So, you know, that's one of the pitfalls out there. When you're looking for a person, you need to be very specific of what you're looking for, but also know what you're looking for. And it's not just about great culinary talent to put out amazing food. It's sometimes the whole package. But you're able to do that and, and work with your clients and help them identify what those key qualities and characteristics are of a key hire. Absolutely. It, it doesn't matter how wonderful of a menu you can create. If you can't source the ingredients, if you don't know where to right. get the stuff, yes. you know what I mean? You can't go to Whole Foods to get everything that you need. You know what I mean? So it, it's just one of those deals where there are a lot of different elements that make up a really high-end executive chef. Uh, it, just like you said, um, you know, we've, we've hired a lot of executive chefs for, you know, big resorts. Those guys, a, a lot of times, they're, they're not even in the kitchen. You know what I mean? They're they're in the office and they've got their sous chefs running the actual. Yeah, office. yeah, they're F and B managers, really, right? Yeah, they're overseeing many different yep. food outlets all over the place. For sure. Yep, no doubt about it. But the quality control is still important. We're hopefully okay. Your job is still your multitude of operations and profit centers all over the resort. Sure, there's paperwork and there's you know stuff you got to do, but walking around and just testing and monitoring your people. I mean, all these things go into it, but that's no cool. The good ones do that. And the good ones, you know what they do? Those good executive yeah. chefs, they hire really good sous chefs. <laughs> well, now we're talking about a plan B. You know, yeah. you and I were talking about the plan B the other day where, you know, I had a lot of success cross-training different people. Once I developed my A team and even my Bs, it's like it just kept the job fresh and exciting if you can train someone to do a different job in case the unexpected happens. You know, you lose a key player maybe temporarily because of the flu or they leave you or they get hit by a bus or whatever. And suddenly your restaurant or hotel is no longer in a lurch because you got someone else that can step in and can move up in your organization. And I think that was always a huge incentive in recruiting people, letting them know you're not going to be stuck in the same old thing and it's going to be new and exciting and every day. And tomorrow you might learn to bartend. And, you know, you're going to learn the whole operation. 
And, uh, you know, I was really successful doing that. I think I told you I actually had my very first hire as a dishwasher started at age 15 and within three weeks he was actually closing the place for me several nights a week and then he became the kitchen manager for years and then he actually went out and was able to open and buy actually he bought his own restaurant and he operated it for years and he's probably Unreal. still doing so and you know that's the beauty of this business it's like you can rise up from a dishwasher to own your own chain of restaurants and it's not about education it's about what you learn on the job it's about how you're treated, you know, how the culture affected you, whether, you know, you're taught things. And so it's really not a cost. It's like hiring and nope. recruiting people is an investment in your property's future. I've always believed that. Well, and, and like what you said earlier, too, mm -hmm. uh, to combine with, with the point that you just made about that dishwasher, uh, it's much easier to do what I'm describing in terms of marketing your jobs if you believe that it's a really good place to work. Right. And you'll believe it if you take those measures to making it a place where people like to be there. They like they feel respected. They feel like they're growing. They feel like they're learning. If that's going on in your kitchen, you'll feel it. And then you'll want to shout it from the rooftops. But if you know in the back of your mind, like this, I don't like I don't think I'd want to work here. Then it's hard to sell it. Yes. You don't want to say because yes. you're not we're not rotten people. No. <laughs> you know, you don't want to lie to anybody. So it's trust me. Do those things, figure out what works in terms of making a culture inside your restaurant a vibrant place to work. And trust me, you it will spew out of you how, how excited you are about that. And then it, it, it makes it much easier to attract those people. There's another video that comes to mind on your website. I want, I want you to describe this because I found this really compelling also. And it was all about the perception of pay in this business being yes. lower than it should be. Or, or, or you don't think you're paying people enough and that you can't compete with other businesses. T tell us about that. That's, and, and that's another element. So like you can use this to finding cooks. I, I, cooks is, is one, of those, it's one of those types of, of jobs, but any, really any job in a restaurant where the, the hours vary like crazy from one restaurant to another. You may have a restaurant that the hours are totally, um, they're, 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 you know, they're working 25 hours one week, they're working 65 hours the next week, or they just work 24 hours for six months out of the year, then they get busy and then they're working 70 hours for three months out of the year. Maybe you've got more of a consistent situation uh, at your restaurant. You can say, listen, on average, our, our, our cooks or the people that work at our restaurant, they're getting 45 hours. Uh, a, a week. All right. On average, this is how much they're making. So let's say you pay, I'm we're just going to, I'm going to throw some numbers out there. Let's say your cooks make $12 an hour mm -hmm. and you know, on average, the cooks at, at the restaurants around you are making 13. So you're thinking, oh, well, that's the problem. I don't pay as much as these other restaurants. Well, you don't know what type of hours they're getting over there. You know what I mean? They could only be getting, they could be getting 10 hours a week less than what you're giving your cooks. So be accurate. Say this is this is the type of schedule you're going to get here. Maybe you close a little earlier than the than the restaurants down the street. You're out of here at ten every day for the most part. You're going to get forty five hours a week. On average, you're going to make seventeen hundred dollars every two weeks in your paycheck. We also give you A, B, and C benefits. Uh, that's that's a package because a lot I talk to a lot of cooks and what they tell me is they say I'm making this much a week. They're not talking hourly. They're saying I make this is what's in my paycheck. This is my rent. This is my car payment. I can't make, I, I can't make ends meet. And so if you put a number out there, that's whatever the number is, they can do the math in their heads. Like, okay, rent's this much. Oh, that, yeah, that's way more than I'm making now. So make sure that you're, you're giving people, don't just give them an hourly wage. 
tell them this is what you're going to make. And it, that can help in a big, big way. Okay, that's cool. So we're talking benefits that have a monetary cost to the or investment to the employer. Have you seen things out there that are uh, rewards and recognition programs and all that kind of stuff that add to the culture, that make it a fun place to work, that complements the paycheck that someone gets? I mean, what are, what are some great things that your clients might be doing that other operators can benefit from? Yeah, I've, I've seen people do all kinds of things. I saw uh, one place that I worked for, they would offer uh, a free bus pass to people. They had really, um, they, they had brought brand new uniforms that, uh, that the staff got to wear um, that were really cool. They were kind of hip looking uniforms. So they, they broadcast that. They had a thing where um, they would offer a, a family meal, um, you know, weekly, something like that. Uh, and all of those actually do have value. Um, if you if you offer paid time off stuff like that, uh, some some bigger maybe hotels will offer like a PTO package. Mm -hmm. uh, that's got a monetary value. It does. You can really you know you you can you can add up a compensation package. There's nothing that says that you have to your your hourly positions can't be packaged like an executive position. And these executive positions they're talking compensation packages. They're not just talking what's your wage. They've got bonuses. They've of got all course. kinds of stuff. You can do the same thing. Uh, with your hourly positions, absolutely. Creative and resourcefulness, and then obviously advertising that in your recruitment method. What's yep. a timeline to find a key person? Say, you know, I own a restaurant today and I need a, a, a cook or I need a, an executive of some sort, a GM or a kitchen manager or a chef. How long before I can start uh, interviewing these people or hiring someone? Is there a typical timeline? Does it take a while? Yeah, if you need a leader, if you're working with my firm, let's say, mm -hmm. and you need a chef or restaurant manager, somebody like that, it usually doesn't take as much more than a week to start getting some candidates to you, getting getting them in front of you. Uh, we do, like I said, we do a lot of aggressive recruitment. So we will advertise like crazy. We reach out to our network. Um, we get in front of a lot of people. And it takes, you know, it takes a lot of effort, but we, we do a bum rush approach. So we get in front of, we get, we get in front of a lot of people quickly. And then when we start scaling it down, so we try to use a big funnel, the way that we look at it is a funnel where we try to attract a large amount of high quality candidates. And then we just start to funnel it down. And the end of the funnel, what pops out at the bottom, Roger, is one superstar candidate that you hire. But we take it from the top of that funnel to almost the bottom. And so we do a lot of screening. We do a lot of, hey, let's talk about the, you know, sometimes we'll screen people two or three times just to make sure that they are not only right for the position, but they're fired up about it. The last thing we want is somebody that is interviewing for a job that's lukewarm about it. We want people that are excited about it. So we wait. If they're, luke, we, if they're lukewarm, we work with them until they're excited. If they never get to that excited stage, then, then it's probably not the opportunity for them. That makes sense. Uh, so that the, the first stage starts happening within probably about a week, 10 days. I don't care what it is. That usually doesn't take much longer than that. And then what we typically do is see what happens with those first couple of candidates. Maybe we're off the mark a little bit. Maybe we have to regroup. Okay, well, let's talk about these first group. Where are they missing? Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's uh, adjust our approach a little bit, really figure out, uh, really fine-tune it a little bit. And then it's the same thing. And we usually get like a new crop in another week or so. But usually we can get this thing filled within a month. Uh, it, it, a really tough executive chef position in a remote area where there aren't a lot of people from, it can take a little bit longer, obviously. But if you are going out there and really getting in front of people, it, it doesn't take that long. It really doesn't matter what the job is. 
And once you're, you know, once you've found some key superstar players and it comes down to a short list, is it then a screening process or an interview process via Skype, via the phone, other, you know, video conferencing, some sort of a platform where these people can get together face to face? Because you're working in multiple states, obviously, with yep. clients and across the country. country. Yeah, you listen, if they are local, if they're able to get in front of uh, the the hiring manager, it's it's always you always obviously you're not going to make a hire unless you can you can see somebody sure. unless it's it's a, a circumstance where you've done multiple Skype videos and that sort of thing. But you you, you always want to get the two people in front of each other as much as quickly as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we'll do phone interviews initially just to get you know, just to see how, how the vibe is right off the bat. Of course. Um, are we speaking the same language? Do, do we feel like we're on the same page and what, what we're looking to do? Uh, if that works, then, then, then uh, Skype is a really, just like what we're doing right now, is a really good option. Maybe that's step two. Um, and then the third, if that's looking good, then we need to get it in quickly. But I'm going to stay on you to make sure that all those things get done quickly because speed is the name of the game. It, it, we are always against the clock. If those things, what I just described, those couple of conversations and that outside interview, if that takes three and a half weeks, your good candidate might be gone. That's you true. Know, and, and then you don't have the ability to evaluate that candidate. So like I said, you've got to be on these things. Awesome. Anything else we missed that we haven't covered, Mike? Uh, I, I don't think so. It's Listen, I can talk about this stuff all day, Roger. I love it. It's just, it's fascinating to me. Uh, it, but just I, I, anybody watching, just understand that finding good talent is a, is it's there for you. You can be the best recruiting restaurant and hotel in your area. I promise you, you can do it. It's a it's a somebody's the best out there. Why can't it be you? It absolutely can be you. Just follow the stuff that we were talking about today. Get your culture right. Be aggressive in your employment marketing, and be quick. You do those three things. I promise you, you will recruit well. And, and your customers will will, will, uh, will notice it. I promise you they will. Is there any special way that interested uh, members of the audience that want to get in touch with you can reach out? Is it just via your website, or is there anything else you want to share? Well, I'll tell you what. My web, you can go to dineinrecruiting.com uh, and see me there. I've got uh, – I'm in my company, I guess I'm the ham. I'm the one that's on all the videos. Yes, my, you are. My, my business partner, he does, he's not on any yeah. videos. But he's like, you just do it. You do it. So I'm like, okay. It's but cool. also LinkedIn. If you connect with me at Mike Dury, Dining Recruiting on LinkedIn, I literally put out a video every day on different little recruiting tips. Uh, if they're two minutes, I call it the, the hospitality hire how-to. You can just go on there and follow me there. And you'll see little videos about just little quick little tips on, uh, on how to keep up with your hiring. Uh, so LinkedIn, my website, you can email me, Mike, at DiningRecruiting.com. I would love to hear from you. Anything you need, I will chat it out with you and point you in the right direction, I promise you. Well, this has been a great conversation, huge learning out there. It's a, I call it a paradigm shift, Mike, because it may hit you over the head, like I said, like a ton of bricks and give you a whole new perspective on a new approach that's really going to work for you. And, and I really like that and appreciate it. So thanks for being a guest today. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.